All right, good evening. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS This Is Awesome. We're a PlayStation podcast, and this is episode 309. Welcome to 2024. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. Today we're going to be talking about maybe what we're excited about 2024 as far as PlayStation games go and what we're going to be seeing this year. So not mainly the current state, but maybe what we're looking forward to in the future. Um, before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash PS. This is awesome. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. As always, you can write us at PS. This is awesome at gmail.com. Most importantly, don't forget to share this show with your friends. Make sure you leave comments, rate our podcast as you see fit. Give us a little like on the YouTube stuff. Uh, just say a little something. Introduce yourself. Say what's up. As a reminder, this is a video podcast, so you can watch us do this podcast on YouTube if you would prefer to do that instead of listening on your preferred streaming platform. For new and long-time listeners, we have a Patreon. You can support our show for $1 a month. The $1 level is called the one and only $1 Club. You can go to uh, patreon.com slash awesome. You can become a $1 patron. We'll, we'll send you a free die-cut vinyl sticker and a shout-out on the show. We'll give you a shout out on the show, rather. And uh, we also try to let you have early access to the episodes. All these episodes air for free. Um, they air on Wednesday on YouTube and all streaming uh, platforms. However, if you are a supporter on Patreon, you usually will get these podcasts a day or two early. Um, with that out of the way, Jake, how are you doing on today? Today is New Year's Day. It is uh, the 1st of 2024. We're recording this. Uh, not bad. I'm tired, but just yeah. because, you know, it's it's been a decently relaxing week, but uh, we had family over last night for New Year's Eve. Well, we actually kind of celebrated Christmas, but it was kind of a late thing, and then mm-hmm. uh, so we did that, and then we just by virtue of everything that was going on we were up late and so but other than that um doing doing all right how's your neck it's all right yeah yeah the listeners don't know but i was i was pretty much paralyzed for a day it was really fucking weird um i'm good i mean i going certain directions still hurts that's just normal that's just regular kink but like i had something super crazy happen you i I was joking with lj because i sent him a message he asked how things were going and um, one of our listeners and a friend of mine, and uh, I was like, yo, dude, you know you're getting old when you hurt yourself in your sleep. Like, mm-hmm. it's weird. Like, I had a gig Friday. Everything went well. It was a late night. I laid down on the couch, got into some pajama pants, and I started watching YouTube, and I woke up the next morning with crazy, crazy uh pain in the right side of my neck like towards the back i also have a uh, torn rotator cuff so like i was thinking that maybe that came dislodged in my sleep and like pinched something but i checked it like it's fine so i think i just did something on my neck while i was sleeping and uh i was talking to a couple people yesterday just trying to catch up with people who were trying to write me over the weekend and uh i you know jake i i'm not a tough guy. Like I, I like to think that I can tolerate pain, um, within a reasonable amount, but I, I think deep down I'm just, I'm just a wuss. And, uh, the, but 
but the you know my dog charlie you, you knew I, I had he bit through my lip and there was blood everywhere like it went through through the the top of my lip um uh we were playing and he, he missed whatever the ball or whatever and grabbed and caught my caught my mouth um that sucked uh, I, I have dislocated my shoulder. I have chipped my ankle, which I can't imagine is worse than breaking an ankle. But the bone was chipped, so I have like a loose piece of bone just floating around in my body somewhere, probably down by my ankle. I, you know, I've done a lot of stuff that that have hurt myself. Um, I've had stitches uh, for cuts in thing gashes, but like this this nerve pain. It's something you can't even describe unless you've experienced it. And uh, it was to the point where, like, it hurts so bad. I wanted to th- – like, I, I almost threw up. It's not that I even wanted to. Like, it's just involuntarily almost threw up a couple times um, when it would happen. And, uh, like, I was immobile and I called you from the bed because I was in the bed for, like, 18, 19 hours straight, just lying on my back because like I was too scared to move because it hurt so fucking bad to do it. And I didn't want to make anything worse. And I was like, if I just lay down, maybe this will heal itself. You know what I mean? And uh, dude, the, the, the pain, even, even as immobile as I was in my bed on my back, it would still happen. The, the, the sharp shooting nerve getting twisted, um, I can't even describe it. Imagine what you think pain is and then elevate it by like 50% and be like, that's what it felt. It was like something you can't even describe how it felt. Like can't even imagine it. Like it was the weirdest thing and I couldn't stop it. So when it would happen, um, just people describe pain, like, like nerve pain, like shooting. And it wasn't, it was very acute though. And it was just like very centralized, like the base of my neck. And uh, in here, and it was just like, I can, I'm a sonic person. So it was just like out of nowhere, just like, and like, you're like, and like my whole arm, everything here, just like, I couldn't, I I just froze. Like, it was just like pain. Here's pain for 20 seconds that you, that are almost insufferable. Like, you're just like, and like, you really want to throw up. And like, I'm like, making noises and shit because you can't, it hurts so fucking bad. And uh, that night, uh, Saturday night, so all Saturday, I I had that going on. So Saturday night, I was like, you know, I'd fall, I'd drift off for like an hour and a half. And then I'd wake up like, and I'm like, oh my God, I must have like moved or something, you know, and it would just fucking startle me awake. Um, I don't know what it is, but it went away by the time I woke up and it was Sunday morning, I had range of motion back in my neck. I couldn't, I couldn't hold my like you can see in the YouTube video. My my head is like straight up and down. Like when it was messed up, it was like this. It was like just ever so slightly this way. Because if I went any bit like this, it was just like it's like Thor fucking bringing down like lightning bolts into my clavicle. Like it was like the worst fucking feeling. I don't want it again. So, anyways, I I don't know. Yeah, my neck is better. Uh, it's still painful but i mean if i have to live like this forever i can do this but whatever the fuck i had saturday no i I told chelsea i said if this is a permanent thing just take me out to pasture like i'm done like i can't i can't survive like this there's no way just fear all day saturday that it was going to happen again and sure sure shit it happened like every like 
you know, 25 minutes to like an hour. I don't know. I couldn't go more than two hours without this thing riling back up. And uh, it's not doing it now. So I think whatever it is, either the nerve died or like it became unhinged. I don't know. Dude, sucks. It's all. Sounds like it. Dude, nerve pain is, it's no joke. But I mean, you should keep an eye on it because if it's a, if it's like a spinal issue or something like that, you definitely want to make sure you get it looked at. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, there's no better motivator than pain like that, though. To like, I mean, it <laughs> sucks, though, because this was like my big week off. And then Saturday, I had a plan. We'll get to games and stuff, but like, I had a plan to try to beat Resident Evil 4 VR. And of course, that's a thing strapped to your head. It's just more weight on your neck, and you're trying to, you know. So I haven't gotten back to that since Friday. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. Aside from that, dude, New Year's was fine. We, I watched the, the, uh, what is key uh peel jordan jordan P, was it jordan peel yeah he's the good burger guy right no that's key uh keen thomas uh, thomas keenan thompson yeah thompson yeah, yeah yeah yeah. so i watched him and uh kevin hart they had a new year's special somewhere it might have been on peacock or something last night and it was it was good man those guys are funny i i was almost in tears watching it it was so funny <laughs> but we, uh, nice. yeah, Chels fell asleep before the ball dropped, and I just, I don't know. You would think, like, I don't know. They, they don't make a lot of that New Year's Eve, New York City, Times Square shit free to watch unless you have, like, a cable plan. Like, I know, they, I think it was ABC, like, the last half hour you could tune in um, to the to the broadcast, which is really all you need. But it's kind of fun to have it on in the background, but um, I couldn't find a good channel for it, so... We were just kind of doing our own thing, um, hanging out together. But, yeah, dude, uh, things are good. Things are good. I uh, got to go back to work tomorrow. Not stoked about that. But outside of that, dude, things are fun. Um, I'm feeling better. The show was good. And uh, we're back on the right track. So um, it sounds like you had a nice time with family, so that's good. Hopefully our listeners have had a nice time over this uh hopefully um chill holiday break hopefully everybody had a chance to recharge and uh reset you know it's a good time of year for that but we're not here to talk about that this episode uh there's usually not a lot of news historically at the end of every year there's not a lot of announcements the news sites are all taking a break if you guys listen to the show, you know Jake and I aren't breaking news. So we we tried. I tried to drum up something slightly different um, for the show today because there's really only one news point, and then it's just going to be a conversation afterwards. So essentially, what we're going to do, we're going to talk about games we're playing, and then we're going to get into uh, the PS Plus games that were announced for January, and then we're going to talk about. Um, our anticipated games for 2024. You know, I, we didn't really come together with like a really good game plan and Jake and I are probably going to agree on a couple of them, but maybe just do a rundown of the upcoming games and the ones that we're specifically excited about. Um, if this seems like a conversation you've already heard us have, uh, our apologies. But like I said, there, there haven't been a lot of news points to like really go over this, this week and it's the holiday. So we're going to try to keep it brief and keep, uh, keep the show rolling forward. So Jake, with that out of the way, um, I'll tell you, they're running a holiday sale on the PSN right now. And uh, I'll tell you what I picked up, and I think you probably already know. Um, 
But as far as games that we're playing, like I said, I, I'm on I'm on chapter eleven of Resident Evil Four VR. Are are you here with me? Your head's just down. You can hear me. Yeah. I have to make sure yeah, you didn't freeze. I thought maybe it froze. You can keep doing. No, whatever no, doing. I sorry. I, there's something going on with our security system. I was trying to figure out. What no, was. you're fine. Go ahead. Um, I was just worried because we have technical difficulties. I was like, man, I hope we don't have to restart this. Um, so Resident Evil Four. Uh, I am in Chapter Eleven. I have 13 hours in this game, and uh, I think that's probably a little long for Resident Evil Four. Uh, only being in Chapter Eleven, I think there's 16. But like I said, in VR, you kind of take things a little slower because you're just a little more in that world and you're not as reckless at least i'm not and if anyone's playing this in vr i watched a video recently where you can hold the flashlight um the flashlight they don't tell you this but it is like apparently attached to your virtual head so if you just reach up and grab where your head is like you'll come out with the flashlight you can just use it which is kind of cool it's like it's just there um mm. But it's it's a nice feature, a quality of life thing. And then there are some other things that they allow you to do that they talk about that I didn't know. If anyone shot a gun before, you know that there's a slide release on pistols. Um, and the game doesn't tell you that there's one. So if you have a gun, um, they say, you know, you eject the clip, pop in the, the, the new clip, and then you got to pull back the slide to get it ready to fire. Um, you don't have to pull it back. Uh, you know, it's already back, but you don't have to release it manually like that. A lot of guns will have like a slide release like thing on it. Uh, so if you use your other hand and you put it underneath in VR, your hands will attach like how they would holding a gun. And then you just click a button on your left hand and it releases the slide for you. So you don't have to do this motion. That's awesome. There's a lot of little little things that they've done to this game that I and I did it with the Magnum. Um, you you open it, it breaks in half. You have to put the bullets in one by one, but you don't in in Resident Evil Four. You just throw your hand up there and it just puts them in. But like you can lift it like this and put it back together, or you can just flick your wrists and it just and it just closes, which makes you feel like a badass. Um, you can also do like gun tricks, like twirl the guns on your, your, on your fingers. I don't know how to do it, but, um, it's something that you can do. I saw the guy on this VR channel explaining how you can do that. And then there was one other thing I thought was really cool that I didn't think to do, um, is apparently the pump action shotgun. You can one handed pump it. So you can like shoot and then just keep your left one on it and just go and it just fucking cocks it dude that's awesome so little things that the game doesn't teach you to do to be a little more efficient with guns is really freaking cool and uh i did not get back into it um since thursday i played a little more since the last podcast but because of my neck thing um, I just wanted to take it easy and not put the VR headset on and maybe until like middle of this week. But so, um, what I did do, I picked up three, three games, Jake, you turned me on to the thumper, uh, for VR two. the upgrade was three bucks and that game is so solid. I had to do that. Yeah. Thanks for that tidbit. And then I did pick up, uh, the, the dark pictures anthology, uh, the devil in me. Uh, it was not, it's not a plus game. I did check, but mm. it was on. It was like twenty bucks, and then uh, I I started playing um, Final Fantasy 
17 or 16? I don't 16. 16. Man, I can't keep track of them all. But the the new one, I started playing it. And I have I have quite a bit of ways into this game and I texted you this was on my backlog and it's something I really wanted to play. So what what better way uh, when you're kind of immobile and you you can't really do anything else but to sit down, just to sit down and and jump into a game that's going to take a ton of time. You know what I mean? Like this is perfect for me, um, and I've heard good things about it. Uh, we've already talked about you've talked about the game and your experience with it. I will say that like I felt like it was really easy. And then I realized that I had like a couple rings equipped that they give you to make combat easier. Mm. And I didn't realize that they, they those were just – I thought like it's like, oh, we're going to start you off with some rings that like fucking make you badass. And I'm like, sure. But like those are actually used to, to tailor the combat. And I didn't realize that. So I had yeah. – I had like the ring like – the, like the – what's the one? The, the evade ring that like – tells you it gives you like a really long window to dodge attacks right and i didn't realize that the ring was causing it you know when the game's like oh here you got these fucking rings make sure you equip everything and i put them all on and then i go into my first battle and i'm like wow that was fucking trounced those people and like is this how the game works and then i had to i got on reddit and like oh yeah if you equip those rings you know the beginning the combat's gonna be super i was just fucking steamrolling everyone i'm like this isn't like even really fun like i so i i i just recently unequipped all of these rings um which and it sucks that like they even made it that way in my opinion it's just like you know just make the combat what the combat should be like you're the developer you should know you know the learning curve here like I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, I, I like whenever games give you the option to tailor the combat to your skill set. Like, some people don't have, maybe maybe they have some sort of deficiency that makes it hard for them to react in that type of ma- manner, even on easy mode. So they give them a ring that lets them do that. But <laughs> usually these types of things are done in menus. right. But in this game, they give you these items that you can equip. And that's what I was kind of confused whenever you said the game was easy because, yeah, I mean, at the beginning, it's kind of easy because you're just learning everything. Mm -hmm. But, like, it gets harder. And then until you just said that, I didn't even – I completely forgot about the rings. The only one of those rings that I use – I didn't use any of them except for one of them, which is the one where uh, there's one ring that allows you to not have to actively control the dog. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, like, the dog just does its own thing. Like, it, and, and it's not, like, the smartest thing in the world, but it'll, like, heal you if you're down or it'll you know attack whenever i think you can like set how you want it to attack or whatever Mm -hmm. but it's just like that that system is so clumsy oh yeah game that i was just like fuck it i'm just gonna equip this ring i don't care about using the dog like that's not the fun part of the combat so like i just left that ring on so the dog does whatever the dog does and then i did everything else myself because if you use those, if you use all those rings, you can't equip any of the actual like boons, like, like the, stat yeah. rings. Right, right, right. 
So like, uh, so basically, I wanted to use some of the other like more stat boosty like RPG style jewelry. So I used the dog one, and then I think I think you have two other slots you can use that I used for whatever. Yeah. Um, but I. Uh, well, I, t- yeah, I took I mean, them all off except for the healing potion one because like that's. That's another thing I don't like about these live, like these action-oriented uh, RPGs or whatever you want to call it. Is like, there's so much shit going on that, like, I I could easily die and not once look at my health bar because I'm just so busy trying to fight and like make sure it's because you're 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 watching your uh, your special moves replenish. You know, you you've got a dog to fucking control, like you said. Uh, you've got like. I don't know. You're trying to parry. You're trying to, you know, do the the dodge mechanic and time it right. And then you're like juggling between your skill sets. It's like I don't need to fucking listen. If I've got a fucking potion, just fucking heal me whenever my my health gets low. But I don't know. It seems like it uses them kind of prematurely. That ring. I don't know. But anyways, I I got rid of them all, but the healing one. We'll see how that how that helps. But the other thing about this game. And it's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm enjoying it. Uh, the cutscenes are incredible. I love the idea of all of these dominants and these these different. For those who don't know, the way it works is there, there's essentially warring countries or whatever. And they're they're the way I understand it right now is that they're they're kind of fighting one another for control over these essential mines or something and and. Um, they're mining for this mineral or something, and that's my understanding. But then there's there's like these people that are think of like Bat Batman, or it's like you know it, it's it's um what's that saying? It's like it's like my burden to bear. Maybe it's like their burden to bear, right? These people get born with some sort of intrinsic ability to summon or turn into or control these uh. You know, in all the Final Fantasy games, you've got your E-Freet and your, your fucking f- ice people, you know, whatever that is. And then and then you've got your Earth person, all the elements. And it's just like, it's it's cool, but it's like, man, so far it's kind of predictable. Like, as far as, like, the storyline, like, I don't want to spoil anything, but, like, they, they, expl- they explain specifically that the... The, they're called icons, and they spell it E-I-K-O-N, which is so stupid. Um, I don't know, because I just – I've heard people talk about it, and I just assume that they were just saying the word icon, like I-C-O-N, but it's not. And uh, But here's the thing. Like, they they explain – and I'm, I'm really liking the game, but, like, I really want to love this story, and I'm not that far in yet. But they, they talk about how – the ability to be a dominant, to have this power, it kind of runs in a family bloodline. So the whole reveal about what happens to the main character and his son and his brother is like, well, of course that's what happened because it couldn't be anyone but someone else in the family, right? Like that's where my brain's at. And it's not spoiling anything, but like that's what I'm thinking. And uh, I wasn't too far off the mark in my thought process. Um, but it was good. Uh, it's good so far. I don't know how long this game is. The side quests so far have been really lame. I, I remember there's a lot of critique about that. I'm going to keep doing them. 
Um, I get to go get like soil and dirt and wood and uh, just really weird side quests that like don't don't seem super relevant. But I don't know, man. I, I don't dislike it. The guy uh, that plays Sid, he he looks and sounds so much like the guy in Scream. Who's that actor in Scream? I know there's no way it's him, but uh, he he reminds me so much of him. Scream cast here. Uh, is it Scream Two? Yeah. Oh, uh, like Leave Schreiber. He looks so much. Do you know who Leave Schreiber is? Mm-hmm. Dude, it's it's him. Like whoever made that Sid character, they're like it needs to look look like and it needs to sound like Leave Schreiber. And it totally is. Um hands down, it's him. And it's so funny um because everything about the Sid character, I, I just imagine Leave Schreiber in like a vocal booth because it sounds like his voice and the face is spot on. Um Sid from Final Fantasy uh sixteen. So I don't know. I don't know if anyone else saw that comparison or, or sees that like I do, but I mean, it's unmistakable to me. It's like, it's him. Um, I don't think he is the actor. Um, actually I better look it up. Cause if it is, then I'm going to sound stupid. Lee Schreiber in final fantasy 16 Google. Um, I don't see anything about that. Uh, it's weird though. Cause I, I wrote Lee Schreiber in, and then it auto filled up final fantasy 16, but he's apparently in, into the spider verse. Um, yeah, but I don't know, man, I don't think he's in it, but, uh, it sounds just like him and it looks just like him. It's so funny to me. Uh, anyways, dude, that's what I'm playing. I also bought, Oh, I already told you what I bought. So that's it. That's, that's where I'm at with my gaming right now. And uh, I'd be curious to hear if the listeners see a comparison to Lee Schreiber and the character Sid in Final Fantasy 16, um, because it looks to me like a dead ringer. Like they couldn't make it look any more like him or sound any more like him without it actually being that guy. Um, it's not. There's no way it's a mistake. <laughs> All right. Anyways, yeah, just trying to figure out. Do you kind of agree, Jake? Now that I point that out, like, do you see it? Like, am I crazy? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I can, I can see that, I suppose. Um, the big thing for me was just that I played Diablo four right before I played Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. And the, like one of the main characters of Diablo four is the same voice actor as Sid. Oh, really? They literally, they literally sound exactly the same. So it was like really sort of weird jumping from one game to the next and having that uh having that sort of through line because they're completely different characters and i don't know i feel like sid's voice doesn't match his aesthetic completely that was one of the things that kind of bugged me about that character it doesn't what i mean it's a good voice actor, mm-hmm. but I did. I felt like his voice didn't <laughs> match the way that he looked very. Yeah, well. right. Yeah, um, I agree. It was just a little bit. A little bit. The guy looks a little bit too handsome to have such a gruff 
and kind of like ancient gravelly voice. So, but that said, uh. I did like the character and I like the the uh, um everything else. Do you use the uh, do you use the active time lore feature? Because that's one of the yeah. things that that game has. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, I wish more games. would I'm use. using it every every new scene. I'm pressing it to see if there's anything new to read. The game would be really confusing if it didn't have that, to be honest. Right. That, like, like the story's good and it feels good, but like you need context. You know what I mean? Because this is a this is a world they're creating. It's not like it's not like it's uh, 2024 and we're present and we understand the state of things, right? Like, we this is a brand new world. I mean, I honestly think that you could, without using that. You could get everything mm. through all the cutscenes. The problem is that they present you with so much lore mm-hmm. at the in the first ten hours of the game that it is really difficult to kind of keep everything in your brain. So they give you that feature to remind you, like, oh, that's this person. Oh, that's this person. Oh, they do this or they do that or they're part of this faction or that faction or mm-hmm. you know what the fuck is a crystal and like. All this stuff, and so I think that it's a really neat. I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, well, if the story was easier to understand, they wouldn't need this feature." And it's like, no, I think it's that the story just has so like the, there's it's rich. there's so much new there's so much new lore about the world in this game that like it would be like if they dropped you into like the first episode of Game of Thrones you watched was in like season five. Right. And you've got like all of these different factions vying for the Iron Throne. Yeah. And you're like, who the hell are all these people? That's kind of what they're what they're doing in Final Fantasy sixteen. Right. They didn't give you four seasons of backstory to follow like so you know, because the story doesn't really it doesn't really involve the warring factions so much mm-hmm. as like the individuals involved, but you kind of need that context. Yeah. So anyway, I, we don't have to. Jump oh, no, to you're this. not wrong, we'll man. About it a lot. Oh my god! But Sorry. it's it's a uh, it's um I don't know. I I I liked the main story quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care for almost any of the side quests. So uh, I mean. You're kind of right. There's really, I mean, they're like some of them are worth doing just to like get resources mm-hmm. or whatever. But like, very few of them have uh, like any real feel or meaning to them. There, there are some. Like, I went online and looked up like essential side quests to do in this game, mm-hmm. and I just did those ones and didn't do like a lot of the ones that are just like these fetch questy kind of. It's yeah, BS game stories, it, but um, it's surprisingly yeah. very linear still for me. Like, I, I didn't anticipate it feeling this linear. Where are you at? I don't want to spoil anything. If I, you can say it. Are you? So this, I mean, it's not. I don't think this is a spoiler. Mm. But uh, you might spoil it. For how me, many? Ahead. How many? Of the icons, do you have control of at this point? Two. Okay, so you're not that far because there's like eight of them. Oh, really? So, yeah. The, Spoiler. I was, I was trying to. <laughs> I was trying to find out. Um, I did the battle. I, I did a battle with like this this flying wind tornado thing recently. Okay. 
and I'm past yeah, that. The, the blonde lady. And I'm yeah. back at the hideout, and the gray-haired person uh, from long ago is now, like, has uh, recovered from their injuries. Okay, so, yeah, you're still really early in the game. Okay. So there's, like, I, I, I want to say it took me, like, 50 hours to beat the main story. That's insane So, yeah, so... It um it ramps up. It does, but it is good. I mean, I I, I really enjoy. It. I'm curious how you'll think about it. Like once it starts, kind of the ball really starts rolling in the story. Mm-hmm. But uh, how would you think of like the first, like the first two hours, like that that sequence, which is what the demo was in the game? I thought oh, it's great. Was pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, it um, sets everything up really well. I I'm really impressed with. I mean, the graphics are great. I will say this: like I'm playing it on. Uh, frame rate mode, mm-hmm. um, and and it's still choppy at times. Like it, it does have performance issues. I, it will drop to like maybe you know. I obviously I don't know the numbers for sure, but I would say that like there are times where it'll drop down to like thirty or forty frames, and then it'll pop back up to sixty. But it's never like in the combat sections. It's always in like the traversal. running around the world yeah. kind of sections. So I don't know if that's just a draw distance thing or what, but yeah, I agree with you. There, there is definitely some level of, of uh, performance. I don't, I don't want to call it. it is a problem, I guess, if you're looking for a locked sixty. But it's not um, like crashing or anything. But it's 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 yeah. it's not of consequence. It doesn't seem like any kind of sure. This it just seems a little stuttery, like you said, and it's weird. I mean, the the environments are beautiful, but I just. Um, yeah, I, I can't imagine playing this on fidelity mode. I, I can't. Yeah, I I don't know. I can't remember if I tried it or not. But with the way that it performs in performance mode, mm-hmm. there was no fucking way I was playing it in fidelity mode. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, it's a good looking game. That said, it does still look good in in performance mode and. Where it matters is in the combat, and I don't remember having any real frame rate issues in any of the major combat sections. Yeah, so very good. Yeah, so that's what I'm playing, Jake. Now you you told me on the phone this is uh, uh, been a really nice week of gaming for you. So let's yeah, hear it. So I always bitch about on the podcast how like. I literally play maybe 30 minutes of video games a day, except for the weekends. I might be able to get a couple hours in. And uh, so just things have been crazy at work and all this kind of stuff. So I told myself as soon as I got on vacation that I'm doing literally nothing but family stuff and relaxation, which I include gaming and relaxation, Mm -hmm. right? So – I, I did my family stuff. I was like, I'm not doing any because so often when I have vacation, I'm doing house projects or this, that or whatever, running around. Um, this time I was like, nope, I'm literally spending time with my family because they're around and I'm just relaxing and I'm going to try and play as much I as many video games as I can. <clears throat> and I talked even on the podcast before about how I wanted to get the uh, the VR out. Because I hadn't played it in so long. So mm. I'll start there. I I did actually – I've been playing my VR um, 
And really, dude, it's such a good headset. Yeah, it's great. I I I forgot just like how good it is. Um, so I my brother and I have our accounts. We we share our accounts. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, we have our individual accounts, but we have we have each other's linked to each other's PS5, so we can do the game share thing. And uh, so he bought Beat Saber when he had my psvr so i downloaded it and i was like i gotta see what this game is all about because everybody fucking talks about it all the time and dude that game is so good Mm -hmm. it's unbelievable how like to me i'm like playing this this game and i'm like this might this might honestly be as of right now the best vr game that exists just in, I don't know about that, of, but go ahead. In terms of just in terms of like uh, quality and just sheer fun that anyone can have. That's true. It's not, definitely like, universal. Like, like I'm not saying that there isn't like like if I'm gonna sit here and say you know what's my favorite VR game, I would probably still say Gran Turismo mm. because for me as a racing fan, it's like top tier shit. Yeah, and it's just quality and the experience is great. But if you want to talk about like Grab a random person, give them VR. What would be a great experience for them? Mm. And Beat Saber is like an like one of the one of the easiest answers because in so like to give you an example, uh, I was playing it and Sarah was watching me play and she's like, I want to try that. And so, like, I gave her the headset mm-hmm. and the, showed her the controllers and showed her how it worked or whatever. And, like, once she figured out, like, how to do it, mm-hmm. like, she's, like, fucking hooked. Yeah. She's been playing it. She's been playing it more than I have. Wow. She's just been down there, like, like I've already spent, like, $25 on songs. Uh. Like, she's just been fucking playing all this. And she really likes it. And, and like, I have, she never plays video games or at least hardly ever. Mm-hmm. So if she finds something that she really likes, I'm all about letting her play. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, like, last night, my in-laws were over, and Sarah was telling her dad, like, you should try this VR oh, yeah, or yeah. whatever. And so um, he's like, oh, yeah. And, and, and my father-in-law is really, like, he's just open to trying new mm-hmm. things, like, all the time. So so he was like, yeah, I'll try it. <laughs> and um, and I, he's a car, he's, like, into cars and stuff, so... I wanted to have him play Gran Turismo. Yeah. But true to fucking form, one of the most annoying things about the PS5 to me is that I go to start it, but because I haven't played it in a couple months, it's like you have to install a 15 gig update to play this game. And most most single player games, it'll let you play the game without updating it. But because Gran Turismo is essentially a live service game, even though you play it offline – uh, you have to update it to play it. Mm. So I was like, I'm sorry, we can't play this game, but we can, you know, you can try Beat Saber. And he's like, well, what's that? And I was like, well, it's like Guitar Hero with lightsabers. Mm-hmm. And he was like, all right, well, let's try it or whatever. And he seemed kind of, he, I think he wanted to play the driving game. Mm-hmm. So he seemed kind of like whatever. But I got him into it and then he like, f- like really fucked up the first one. And then I and then I when I once I explained to him like you have to slice the blocks in the right direction and all mm-hmm. this shit, like 
he just went ham for like a half an hour. Oh yeah. Just like picking songs. He would play them over and over again and like increase the difficulty to like try and get better at it. Yeah. And like one time he just picked a song, like the highest difficulty. He's like, oh, I'm just going to try it. this. And just like immediately failed because yeah. it's so crazy. But, um, that's cool. Yeah. So that game, that game is really fun. I think that it's, it's hard, but it's, it's one of those games that the feedback loop in it is so good like when you actually get into the rhythm of it mm. and you're like hitting everything right, it makes you feel so cool. <laughs> and uh, I think that that is – it's just the, – the one caveat I'll say is that this game has been out for a long time and it's one of the most popular VR games. Like it's always like top oh, five yeah. in the charts yeah. every single month even though it's been out for like five years. We got to have more, more – uh, like licensed music support for this like i just there's not enough right like if you go into you know guitar like rock band or guitar hero rock there's Smith so or something much like shit that, in there there's like hundreds of songs but it's like for this there's maybe maybe 10 or 20 different artists with a few songs mm-hmm. in there and it's like all super mainstream stuff mm-hmm. like there might be a there's like one Foo Fighters song or like uh, – but there, there'll be like 12 Rolling Stones songs and it's like, OK, well, that's cool. But like I'm yeah. not a big Rolling Stones fan or like uh, – you know, like uh, that that guy, The Weeknd, mm. he has a pretty big presence on there or like Billie Eilish or mm. uh, Lizzo. Like there's some stuff like that. Like the closest thing that I that I found on there that was something that I was really into was – they have uh, they have a handful of like Linkin Park songs on mm-hmm. there, so I downloaded those because they they have a really good beat to them. But yeah, I wish they had more like better third party support. Like I'm surprised there's not you know Taylor Swift songs on there right. or like Drake. Like even like not that I'm big fans of popular music, but you would think there would be more support for that. I wanna- Although I guess being a being a VR game, they're probably this install base maybe isn't big enough to license that kind of music. Well, but. here's here's what I understand um, is that you can make and use custom songs in Beat Saber on like the PC version, and I believe in the cat in yeah. the cat and like I guess like the the options like the catalog of songs is much larger. But for, I believe that. for whatever reason on the on the the PSVR two uh, version it is you can't really do it. Um, well, there, you probably in order to do that, you probably need a level of customization that you just can't do on, on the PS five. So you almost but but it would be cool if they gave you the option to like make the songs on your PC mm-hmm. and then like bring them over with a thumbstick or something. Like that would be cool, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, because I would definitely do that. I'd build a bunch of songs on my fucking computer. You'd and think like with AI, I should be able to just like decode a song and make it compatible. <laughs> like, here's the thing. Like, I would think so, dude. We yeah. should be able to license. Just be like, hey, you guys need some music here. Here's one of my land. Take this shit, or here's the flood. Take it. Just throw it on there. People will buy it because they're hungry for new shit. Yeah. 
You know, like I yeah, am surprised. So, Queen is on there. That's the one I want to get. The Queen yeah. song pack. Yeah, there is. There are Queen songs on there. I was interested in that too. But like, dude, you can spend so much money on fucking songs. Yeah. Um. But I. But I will say that the built-in tracks, a lot of them are really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot. There's like a hundred of them or something like that. So it's not like you're, you know, hurting from. You're gameplay. hurting for tracks. It's just if you want to play something that you can like sing and dance to, that's like a song you know. Um, but there was like a, like one of the included tracks is that there's a there was a Dragon Force song oh made God. for Beat Saber that's pretty wild, and then there was a there's a um, a Lindsey Sterling song that's really good too that's on there. Mm. Uh, but other than that, like I don't recognize any of the artists. They're all like DJs and shit. Yeah, like, just I, I don't maybe really... they were made for the game. Maybe they're fake DJs yeah. too. Who knows? But anyway, so that was you know Beat Saber, um, and then the only other VR game that I've been playing because I was gonna play a little more Gran Turismo, but I had to download this huge fucking update and I just haven't gone back to it. Is uh, I started, I bought as part of the sale. Resident Evil Village because I've been meaning to play it for a long time mm-hmm. and I just never got around to it and then I was just like fuck it I'll I'll try it out in VR yeah and um I will say like it's pretty fucking horrifying um <laughs> in in VR like the it's honestly not so bad it's the dark sections yeah. that are bad it's it's not the you know the running around town and the fucking lichens are attacking you and like like the monsters and shit like i can deal with that it's like the holding your flashlight in the fucking dark and then like waiting for something to jump out on you like that's the shit that drives me crazy but uh um it's it's a little much like the the controls are a little much but you kind of get used to it Mm -hmm. like i want to say i don't know i'm you beat the game right in like like a uh, flat screen mode. Yeah, like I beat Village and I VR. did seven in VR, and I'm doing whatever one now in VR, four in VR. So, so, but, but do you remember like in Village? Did you play the demo where you're like in the castle? Yeah, and you have to go yep. into the basement and all that, mm-hmm. and like get the bottle of wine and all that shit. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at right now. So I've gotten like oh, to the part cool. where you meet the main cast of villains, and then like you escape that's and you fun. find your way into the castle and. So like I'm doing that puzzle sequence now that's like that was like the original demo mm. for the game um where you're like going up against the uh not Miranda um Dimitrescu her, and her daughters mm-hmm. like that whole section. So like uh that's where I'm at at the moment. I will say that like I'm still not comfortable moving around in the game. Yeah. Like I tried so I just left it the default snap movement or turning whenever I started it for a while. And then I tried to play it for a little bit in the smooth movement mm-hmm. where you just kind of move smoothly when you're looking around. And that was just ev- – it was even worse. <laughs> and so like I – what I did was I switched back to the snap movement but so I didn't have to flick the fucking stick so much. I increased the range of motion for each snap mm. because you can like you can look around. So essentially, what I would do is I changed it to like forty-five degree snap. So I yeah. only have what is that eight snaps for a complete circle. 
But anywhere in between that 45 degrees, I can just look with my head. So like it's not – like it's a good kind of compromise for me. Mm-hmm. I might end up trying to go back to the smooth movement at some point. But for me, it's like when you're walking around and you're like coming up to objects. Like I get like really wobbly on my feet because mm. you're like expecting to feel movement. Momentum, yeah. But I'm – I haven't fallen over yet and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, the – the one thing that I don't like is like the opening the jacket thing. Yeah. That's kind of annoying. I can deal with like the reloading and like the grabbing the guns and stuff. Like that's not like the biggest deal. But having to like open your jacket to pull out the fucking flashlight and like the cool thing about it is that when you're done with an item, you can just literally drop it and it just like goes back into your inventory. So like you don't have to worry about like putting it back in your coat or whatever. It, yeah. Um Especially with the knife, like you don't have to resheathe it or whatever. But uh, I will say that, like, the one thing that I realized, especially with the pistol, I haven't dicked around with the shotgun a whole lot where you have to, like, reload every single shell. But with the pistol, if you run the, if you run the magazine out of ammo, the slide locks open. Mm. And you have to drop the clip out, drop the magazine out, grab a new magazine, put it in, and then recock the slide with mm-hmm. your hand like you have to do all this manually but if you don't run the magazine dry and you just grab a new magazine and put it up into the bottom of the gun he'll he'll swap the magazines uh. out and you don't have to re-rack around and so like it's it's much more efficient if you do it that wow. way wow um, do you lose ammo so, doing it that way no it just puts it back in your inventory that's nice so so it's a it's a little bit of a neat feature. I wish there was kind of like like we talk a lot. We were talking earlier about like in Final Fantasy 16 how they have like the rings where you could tailor like your gameplay. Yeah. And like I think even like Spider-Man and maybe some other games, maybe Tomb Raider was one where you could go in and tailor like the difficulty of like or sort of the way that each individual little aspect of the gameplay works for you. Like, it would be cool if they had a menu in there where you could be like, I want this specific part of it to be automatic, yeah. but I want to do this part manually. You know what I mean? So, like, if I could say, uh, like, the shotgun, I want to just fucking reload it once. Like, I don't want to have to sit there and grab a single shell out of the bag <sighs> Not, every especially when you're getting, fucking time. getting, like, attacked. Yeah. But, like, because for the handgun, it's not so bad. It's, like, one motion. You just change the magazine out. But, like, for the shotgun, you're, like – or, like, even the – for example, the, the sniper rifle. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to have to fucking rack every round whenever I fire the sniper rifle. Right. I get, I get it. Like, you've got to pull the bolt back and, mm-hmm. uh, and all that in a real gun. But um, that said uh, – the game looks really good. There is still, you know, a bit of... It's not perfect. There is still a bit of, like, screen door kind of effect going on there. Um, but it's still, like, it looks really good still. And uh, you get pretty immersed in it. And um, the the, the cutscene stuff where it, like... Where, like, you're getting dragged around or knocked on your back and shit. Like, I wish that they would just... I know because this is a first-person game, like, they have no way to really knock you out of VR like they do in Resident Evil 4. Mm -hmm. But, like, 
in Resident Evil 4, like when you go up a ladder, like it pops out of VR and you climb the ladder. Right. Or like when it, <clears throat> I mean, I haven't played it, but I, I've read about this yeah. and I think you've even talked about it. Or when you do the roundhouse mm-hmm. kick, right? He just fucking does it. Whereas like in this, it's like, like there's that whole sequence, not to like be too spoilery, but whenever you initially get captured by the vampires. Mm-hmm ladies and they like knock you down and they're dragging you through the fucking house and it's just like you're in vr like standing there but in the game you're on your back so you're like looking up like it's it's just it's clumsy yeah like i wish that they would just kind of almost go to a flat screen sort of cinematic for that rather than like leaving me in vr for it because it becomes really kind of awkward you're supposed to pause Um, it and then lay down on your back yeah, <laughs> it seems it. that way. But uh, I will say <laughs> that, like, um, the uh, it, it's I don't know. Like I said, I don't know how long the game is. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if I can make it through the whole game in VR. But I I'm enjoying what I'm playing right now. So you'll be able to. I, I need to look into if there's a way to, dude. I don't know if there's a way to attach the flashlight to your head in this game. <laughs> but if there is, I'm fucking using that, that because would be awesome. the flashlight. It's cool to pull it out and be able to point it wherever you want to point it. But like if you're you know, if you're trying to shoot things, like it's it's very clumsy to mm. have to use both. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really sure. But uh so anyway, I mean I've got a bunch of other games. So I, I I'll I'll jump off on that for now. I'll report back on that. But <laughs> I am back into the VR. I know I've talked like a lot it. of shit of VR on VR in the past, but I'm yeah. back into it. I'm really, really psyched about it. Uh other games that I've been playing is I started playing Teardown. I don't know if I talked about this last week, but uh, that's that uh, game we got on PS Plus mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, this like pixely kind of game where you're like, you can demolish buildings and like all this stuff. Excuse me. Um, it's pretty cool. It's it's honestly like a puzzle game more than anything. The whole concept is like you're this. You have this demolition company and you're you're like running out of money, so you need jobs. And so you start taking basically work from criminals, essentially. <laughs> like like the first mission, like not to really spoil anything, but the first mission is like this guy's trying to build a mall, but there's this historical house that's in the way and he wants to build a mall there. So he like hires you to go in at night. And just knock this house down so that he can build a wing onto this mall. <laughs> and uh, then you start doing – and then, like, the cops get on you. And then you start doing these missions where you're, like, you have to um... – so, like, for example, there's a mission where there's a guy that has all these classic cars yeah, or these, like, fancy cars. And the guy that's contracting you wants you to go break into this guy's house and destroy all of his classic cars. But there's a caveat where as soon as you drive one car, an alarm goes off and you have 60 seconds before the police show up. So where the teardown aspect comes in is you go around with like your sledgehammer and like all of your tools and stuff and you start knocking holes in walls and doing all this shit and like putting like wood planks on things and stuff to make it so that you can like – create the optimal path so that you can launch all of these cars into fucking water and stuff and escape within 60 seconds. Yeah. So like like I said it's it's way more of a puzzle game than I expected it to mm. be. 
Um, but you can like, when you get on site, there'll be all these construction vehicles and you can just get like in a backhoe and just drive through buildings and like, probably pretty satisfying. It's really, yeah, yeah, it's really neat. And I think there's a a multi, I'm not positive, but I think there's a multiplayer component that might make doing some of those missions more fun. If you have like accomplices to help you sort of kind of get the job done. Um, but that's pretty cool. I played, you know, maybe a dozen or so missions in that, trying to like get three stars because there's like optional things you can do in each one and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I did after the podcast last week um, was uh, I actually we're well, after the podcast I was just like looking at my PSN profiles account and I clicked on Alan Wake and I was like. After I beat the game, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I'm missing like two trophies. Mm. So I just went back and spent a couple hours and just fucking platinum Dallin Wake. Oh, nice. So so that was kind of cool. And it was because I spent a lot of time while I was playing the game going around and getting all the lunch boxes mm-hmm. and getting all of the, you know, the the cult stashes and all that shit. So when I finished the game, I had like like I said, like literally maybe three trophies to get to mm-hmm. get the platinum. Because there's no trophy to beat it on like nightmare difficulty or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. So I gotta check. If there my was that, I would. Yeah, if if there was a, a trophy like that, I just wouldn't have done it. But because it was it was so attainable, I just went in there and did it. Yeah. Um, and then the last game that I want to talk about real quick is on a whim. I downloaded this game from PS Plus Extra called Proteus. P R O D E U S, and it's it's a first person shooter. It's like, it's like this. It's like a mix between modern graphics and like old school pixelated sprites and everything. Oh, cool! And dude, this game is like straight up Doom. Huh? Like it's like if you were to if you were to literally take like classic Doom from '93 and then Doom Eternal from a couple years ago. And then just mate them together as one product, like graphically and gameplay wise. Mm. That's basically what this game oh, is. Oh, that's awesome! Like right, like like even down to like the enemies that you fight, the fucking guns that you have, all of it is so Doom inspired as to almost be copying Doom. Wow! And uh, it's so much fun, dude. I I've been playing like when I've not been playing VR. Um, I've basically been exclusively been playing this game. It's so much fun. So I I really I highly recommend if people are into Doom or like those fast paced older old school kind of arcadey shooters, do go on to P, and you have PS Plus Extra. Go on there and download this Proteus game. It's so much fun. Okay. Um, but yeah, and and I I. I dabbled with another game on PC, but for like an for like half hour. But I'm not going to talk about that. But uh, yeah, so that's I've been playing quite a bit of, of games this week, and um, I've been really. How do you really spell Proteus? P R O D E U S. Okay, because there's there's another game spelled Proteus. P R O T E U S. It's a different game. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's it's. The logo has like the D is extended down to like a point, um, but uh, okay, yeah, I and see it, it looks that like if cool. you look, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, shit. if you if you if you look at like the the like the logo mm-hmm. of the like the the card 
on the PlayStation Store for it. It looks it it looks like generic. Like it looks like this generic but it's cool. like cheap ass game. But then I was like watching video of it and I was like, wow, this actually looks pretty fucking awesome. And it was like super small mm-hmm. to download. It was like a couple gigs or something. So like fuck it. And I downloaded it and ended up just completely loving it. <laughs> and there's like this weird like dude even down to like the when you finish a mission there's like a scorecard that tells you how many secrets you got and how many kills you had and like it's it's so doom as to be like i said almost copying it but yeah this like of all the games that i've played this week this is the one that i'm most excited to just share with people because i don't i'd never heard of it before i saw it on the on extra so wow yeah well i'm glad you're getting a lot of gaming in man that's awesome um geez yeah, that's 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 worthy of discussion for sure. So, um, man, yeah, mm. keep me posted on the village uh, experiment that you're doing. I, th- I think you should just go through, get through that in VR. Just enjoy it. Um, yeah, I'm glad you're playing VR again. Uh, it's one of those things that, like, I every time I put on the headset, like, do you think you remember how good it is? And then when you're actually doing VR, you're like, oh shit, this is really cool. Like, it's weird. It's, it is, yeah, it is really impressive. Oh, I also for, I forgot I also played through the uh, Tekken Eight demo. Oh Jesus! Wow. So uh, that was kind of interesting. I I forgot, like, dude, I love I love the idea of fighting games, but when I actually start playing them, I'm just dude, it's so overwhelming <laughs> learning all the moves and everything yeah. that like I'm just re- I really struggle with it. So yeah, but it does seem like it's gonna be legit a legit contender for like a great fighting game so if anyone's into fighting games tekken 8 comes out in a couple weeks so mm. get on it anyway we can move on i sorry i took up a lot of time but i just i played so many games this week i was just really excited about it no that's good because we don't have a lot to talk about this episode so um so we'll move right we'll move right into it man uh geez so like i said there's very little news this week everybody knows it's time of year where everybody kind of takes time to recharge, turn off for a while, news sites included. We don't break news. Like I said earlier in the show, we kind of just scour the internet and talk about the things that we find interesting. Um, with that being said, uh, we just have a few minor things to go over, and then we're going to get into our most anticipated games of 2024 and then wrap it up. So uh, the PlayStation Plus Essential Games for January 2024 have been announced, and man, they're really good. Um Jake, if you haven't played this first one, uh, you need to play this. Uh, a Plague Tale Requiem is the first one that we're getting for free in January. Evil West, which did really pretty well, actually, is is coming free, which I'm actually kind of excited to try that one. And then Nobody Saves the World, which I also heard was a really, really good game. So um, that's the lineup for January. That's a hell of a lineup. It's a great way to start off 2024. Uh, I absolutely adored A Plague Tale Requiem. It was a very long game, but holy shit, it runs at 60 now on the PS5. Mm-hmm. And uh, holy cow, man, uh, you got to play this. It's so good. Um, listeners, you guys need to play this game. It's it's very, very well made. There's so much attention to environment and setting. And uh, whew, it's awesome. There's some really cool fucking parts to that game. Evil West looks really good. I forget who developed that, but it it, it was uh, kind of like the the 
Hellspawn cowboy guy or something. It was kind of interesting. It was kind of cool looking. I remember we talked about it a couple episodes. Um, we've talked about this game and how it looked interesting before it came out. And then it came out not to like rave reviews, but to like, you know, hey, this game is decent. You know, so yeah, it's like it's it's like a solid seven and point five or something like that. People are just like, this is a great double A, yeah, just romping, you know, PS3 style experience. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's like uh, I would, you know, if I was going to describe it, it would be like a, um, almost like like a steampunk western kind of vibe, you know, where you mm-hmm. it's like a western but you have this technology that you shouldn't have almost like the order 1886 yeah um uh that oh op- yeah dude I, it, go ahead i'm sorry i was say o- open critic has it has it at a fair rating which is like a thumbs up so it's got a 74 from critic average um but here here's a rundown of the scores on that one ign 7 out of 10 pc gaming pc gamer 68 out of 100 eurogamer recommends it metro game central 5 out of 10 Games Radar three and a half out of five, which is you know like like Jake said, like a low B. GameSpot six out of ten, but then Hobby Consolas eighty five out of a hundred, and then the Six Axis gave it an eight out of ten. So like it's it's kind of like leaning towards a good game, but some people yeah were just not quite sure. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I I think it's I think you just got to go in with your eyes open like realize realize that this is like a double A experience it's not going to be it's going to have a little jank it's not going to be the fucking last of us right 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 right. so if you and it's just going to be this probably just this fun to play just ridiculous third person shooter and if you go into it like that I'm sure it's probably a good time but I haven't played it so I guess I don't know that for sure yeah and then Drinkbox made nobody saves the world and dude I played this game. Oh, you I didn't did? beat it. I didn't beat it, but it's really good. Yeah. So it like, dude, you're not wrong. This is probably the best month that we've gotten in at least a year, maybe even the last couple years. Yeah, it's really good. Because it's I mean, a Plague Tale Requiem is a just a critical darling. People love that fucking game. Yeah. And then Evil West, I would say most people like it's like a really really positive uh vibe around that game even if it isn't like a smash success critically i've got a system then- yeah, go ahead sorry and then i was gonna say and then nobody saves the world is another game that like people fucking love and like i said i really think that it's great and Drinkbox, dude they make great games guacamelee fucking mutant blobs attack mm-hmm. uh and then and now like this game uh really really solid for those of you who don't know like what it is is it's like a it's like an isometric action rpg action rpg light kind of in quotes imagine like zelda or something like that mm-hmm. um but you're this character called nobody who's just this bland white humanoid figure that has the ability to change into other forms and each one of these forms has a particular skill set so like one of them is like a knight that is like a tank build where they've only got a melee attack, but they can take a lot of damage. And one of them is like a mouse who doesn't really do a lot of damage and can't take a lot of damage, Mm. but they can squeeze through like all these tunnels and stuff to be able to unlock certain parts of levels or, you know, like there's, there's, it's, it is really creative and it's really cute in typical drink box fashion. And, uh, I do recommend, People give it a try if they're into that type of game. Very good, man. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this 
does a lot of uh, favors for Evil West as a game. I would think I would I would think so. Yeah. Why the heck not? Mm-hmm. I think we'll see a lot of, maybe not a lot, but we'll see some. Some people singing praises probably about the game, and I've never played it, but just it seems like it's one of those games where like the reviews weren't weren't so good that people probably were apprehensive about picking it up. And I think probably the more people that get their hands on it, it's it's going to uh, help the game quite a bit. All right, well, hey, yeah. let's get into uh, upcoming games, twenty twenty four, Jake. This is uh, you know, we 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 know that twenty twenty three was an absolute banger of a year for video games. Now, um, I, I guess you know it's one of those it's one of those things where we didn't really talk about it at length about how good of a year 2023 was, but holy shit, man, we had so many good games. I think we did talk a lot about the different releases and my back catalog has Mm -hmm. grown, but it leaves us wondering what about 2024? And, uh, you know, there are still some good games scheduled to release 2024. I don't think it's anywhere close to what 2023 was, was for gaming, but we need to dive into this and, uh, have a little discussion um, about some of these titles and and see what we are really kind of looking into. Now, I have a list on the the show notes, and we don't need to go over I don't, I don't, all of these. I was going to say, I don't know that we need to really go over the list. No. Maybe what we should do is just kind of run through our picks, mm-hmm. our top five picks or whatever, mm-hmm. and then if we want to honorably mention anything major that we didn't call out or what, we can do that. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I, I think that it's, I mean... It's it's an exhaustive you know, list here. I just put it on yeah, here who, for who, reference. Who really wants to know about, like, every little game? I mean, they can sure look it up on their excited own. excited about it, yep. but you know what I mean. Well, why don't you kick the... Do you have a list? Do you have a list? So... I do, and I saw your list. So what I did was there are some obvious cross. There's some Overlap. obvious crossover. Yeah, 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 right. So what I did was I I opted to choose things that were not on your list that I was excited. Well, that's about. good. Yeah, because um, I didn't want to have like you know like these two are the same. These two are the right. same. These two are the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, do you want to bounce back and forth, or you want to just kind of? run through well we can go back and forth how about we go back and forth? okay i'll i'll kick it off with an easy one this is a yep uh this is going to come to i believe to pc and playstation and uh it's coming out very soon by arrowhead games uh february or uh, february 8th 2024 we're getting hell divers 2 uh this game is on my list because i fucking loved dude i absolutely loved the first hell divers uh, I have a lot of hours in on that game. I I may have I don't know if I've beaten it, but I hold fond the time that I spent in Helldivers with with friends and with strangers even and the hilarity and the absolute uh just mayhem that can occur out of nowhere and accidentally in this game caused a lot of comic relief but also intense gameplay moments um this game puts you against odds to begin with but then friendly fire is turned on the whole time so and hell divers one was a top-down game and it was made 
uh, so well, and the idea was so refreshing that it's one of those games that I'm I'm always going to remember. Like there are games that we play that, like, oh yeah, you look at your trophies, like, oh fuck, I did play that game. I forgot that I even played that. Hell Divers is one of those games that I won't ever forget because the the idea was so unique and the the gameplay loop was so fun and the the idea and the premise of the game was so simple but it was it was good man it's just a great game and now they've they era have taken this game and it was top down and now they've made it a third person game and i'm curious to see how this thing works I'm anticipating the game. It doesn't mean that I'm saying the game's going to be great. It's just a game on my list that I'm really interested in. It's coming out in 2024. I already think that they've announced that the price point's going to be really re- like 39 bucks or something. It was going to be pretty reasonable, I think mm. they said, for Helldivers 2. And uh, this is a game I didn't even anticipate us ever getting a sequel to because I didn't realize that the first one was even adored that much. Um, it's almost very... It, I don't know. It, it seems very niche, like the audience for Helldivers. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, you wanted, but the thing is, is I think it, it checks a lot of boxes now. We're they're they're able to check online multiplayer on this game. They're able to check. Oh, you want a fucking challenge game? They're able to check easy to play game. They're probably going to implement some sort of live servicey content to this if they're selling it for like thirty bucks, forty bucks. At least with probably like upgrades, maybe they're going to be offering. Um, I I don't know. I'm just speculating. They're probably going to be offering some sort of skins that you can purchase for your fucking person or whatever. There's probably going to be an element of that. Do I do I care about that? No, I don't care one way or the other. I just I hope the gameplay is fun. I hope the the loop is fun. I hope. There's still no way to turn off friendly fire, and I hope that like the the sarcasm and in, in the tone of this game is on point because it looks like from the trailers it's going to be very good. It's got a very Starship Troopers kind of futuristic um, die for your government, kill the aliens kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like um, it's it's very propaganda feeling. Like, like the vibe is just, it's good, man. It looks awesome. So I hope it's good. And I hope it's, I hope it's kind of witty enough that it, it doesn't take itself so seriously that, um, it doesn't deliver, but I think it's, I think it's going to be campy and fun and awesome all at the same time. And the graphics look good. So I'm excited for this one. I'm excited for Arrowhead. Jake, anything about Helldivers 2? Yeah, I think it looks fucking great. I, I, Whenever they, I saw that they were moving to third person, you're obviously a little bit skeptical whenever a, a, a known quantity does like a, mm-hmm. like a game, they do like a perspective shift. But I think it just looks, it just looks so good. I, I don't really know how else to describe it. Um, interesting thing about this game is that they're actually, even though it's a PlayStation studios published game they're releasing it on pc at the same time i don't know if you saw that yeah which that's is, cool which is pretty cool um and i and i think pc will really help this game out a lot but uh yeah i'm obviously 
sort of a more of a I'm going to be more wait and see on this just because it seems so multiplayer centric and I just don't know if uh cuz I played Helldivers 1 a little bit and it is very like you can play it by yourself but it is very hard to play by yourself cuz like a lot of times the AI will fucking kill you on accident and like mm. random shit that you can't control so um I just think that I uh, I'm going to have to see how this game releases but like you said, it's a it's coming out at like forty bucks or forty or fifty bucks, so that's that's a pretty uh, pretty budget friendly price point, and I'm sure that this game is is probably going to be great. I just hope that it's uh, it's commercially successful because I think that that they they seem like a studio that deserves to have a hit. Yeah, yeah, but they just need to find an audience to latch onto it, and I think they probably have a pretty diehard audience right now that's stoked about it, like myself, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens, man. Not it's an older game. Helldivers, the original, came out a while back, so it's it's not on the forefront of a lot of people's memory. You know what I mean? But if you played it, yeah. you won't forget it because it was very interesting. Jake, what do you got for uh, an anticipated game? Um, I was just trying to see when did the original Helldivers come out? Helldivers platforms. Okay. March 2015. It mm. actually came out on PS3 and Vita as well. Yeah. That's, that's wild. Okay, cool. All right, so my first game, like I said, I'm, I'm trying to not go out of pocket, but like be a little bit unique in my choices. Yeah. The first game that I have on my list is Persona 3 Reload, mm. which, is the, which is the remake of Persona 3. I've talked a bit on the podcast about I'm not like the biggest JRPG fan by any means, but there are some that I like and I love them. Like for example, Final Fantasy VII, uh, Final Fantasy VI, and now, and then whenever I played Persona Four Golden on Vita, I was blown away by how good it was. So then, obviously, I I dove right into Persona Five when it came out and that game was great a little too long mm. for my taste but it was great and so i there was i was working with a guy a coworker at the time who was really into the persona games and i was talking to him about it and he said that i would probably just like cuz i was talking to him about aspects of the stories that i like and he had mentioned that I would probably really like the story of Persona 3 because it's super dark and, like, it's just – the story is crazy. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't, like, spoil it obviously but kind of what he was telling me about it. But the problem with that game is just, like, how antiquated the dungeon system is and, and all of that kind of stuff because it's a PS2 game. Right. So – uh so when I they announced that they were doing a remake of Persona 3 last year, I got really amped because I it, it'll allow me to hopefully be able to just experience this story but have the gameplay and the combat and everything be through a modern Persona context. Now, I don't I haven't done a lot of digging, so I don't know how uh how much if anything they've changed about the game mm-hmm. in terms of like the way it's presented to you but uh at the very least it'll have a fresh coat of paint which is awesome yeah but i have to imagine that they probably provided some some uh, quality of life updates with it as well 
and uh, yeah, I, I don't really have a whole lot else to say other than the fact that I am uh, I'm excited to play it. It comes out February second, so that's you know a, you know a month away tomorrow, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, that's wild. You haven't played you didn't play any of the Persona games. I tried you? four, and I just I couldn't. Just didn't stick with you. Yeah, it's just too slow moving. Yeah, I get it. It's not for everyone, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know. I want to give it more time. One of these days. Yeah, you should at some point if you like if there if we get a version of it for free, mm-hmm. I mean, there might be a, a version on PS Plus. But you should just like if you've got a gap sometime, just try out Persona Five. Oh, everybody I just know loves see, it. The play just games. to see. I, I will admit though, the game is too fucking long. I think the first time I played it, for me to just beat the main story, I think took 120 hours. Yeah, it's fucking so nuts. it it is way too long, but it's it's good. So I, I don't really know how else to to describe it. Yeah, jeez. So, Whew. anyway, what's your next choice? That's like a quarter of the time I spend playing games in 2023. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. Um. Yeah. So the next one's obvious, Jake. You and I have uh, sang about this this game, sang the praises and uh, our excitement for it. But it's it's Warhammer 40k, uh, Space Marines two. Um, this game looks so awesome, and I I don't even know like what else can we say about it that we haven't already said. This game, I think the first one, uh, people slept on, and then it, and then we got it for free, and then we're like, oh shit, this is we have a Focus Entertainment's making this, and it was pushed out. It was supposed to release at the end of this past year. It did not happen. They pushed it out to September 9th of twenty twenty four. So we have a ways to wait, and I'm okay with that. But everything that I've seen about this game just screams by me now play it enjoy it like it looks awesome for those who don't know warhammer 40k is uh based on tabletop gaming uh warhammer um space marines and it's it's just like i've gotten really into miniature shit lately and granted i i i couldn't afford to get into Warhammer 40k, nor do I have the friend, the a group of friends that would be able to do it either with me. So I can't get into it. But this is uh, as close as I will ever get outside of maybe painting a Space Marine here and there. Um, but holy fucking shit, this game just looks awesome. Uh, th- these guys get uh, get into these huge mech suits. They're not mechs like you would think, like mech warrior shit or like armored core shit. They just they're they're hulking dudes, and they they get in, and uh, they're locked into these battle suits, and they weld these chain chainsaw swords, and just like fucking some have flamethrowers and bolter guns, and they just fucking go out and destroy, and uh, they're good guys, quote unquote good guys. I mean, there's a lot of different. Uh, different uh, units of Space Marines. There, you know, there's 
Um, geez, half of my paints are named after them because I get a lot of my paints from Citadel Miniatures. And uh, they're the ones – there's like the Space Wolves. There's like the Ultramarines. There's the Black Legions. But like these guys are just straight-up Space Marines as, as far as I understand it, uh, the Ultramarine dudes. But they, they're fucking badass. And uh, the story's going to be good. And the wait has been too long. Like there have been Warhammer – games released in fact I, I one was like a top-down turn-based strategy game that i started playing and it was just fucking clunky dude like that's the thing about this game as as opposed to some of these other warhammer games is like this studio has proven that they can make a smooth ass fucking third person action game in this world and, like, that's what we need. We need, like, a polished fucking Warhammer game. Because some of the ones, like, they, the, the mechanics might be awesome. And, like, you know, they, they're serviceable. But they're not – the jumping on point isn't – it isn't easy to jump into some of those strategy games that are based in the Warhammer world. Like, and they are clunky. They're, they feel very double-A. This game is going to be fucking dope. And uh, you can bet your ass I'm going to buy it when it comes out. And I'm just going to fucking love it. Every second of it. Even if it's chunky and weird. Dude, I I don't know, man. Everything I saw about it looks good. I know, Jake, you had some reservations with one trailer. Not, not necessarily reservations, but you were being uh, cautiously optimistic about what you saw. You said there might have been a little yeah. jank on what you saw. But, dude, I whatever Which jank. Which is okay. Yeah, but here's the I deal. I mean, the first game was janky, too. They pushed so, it I mean, out. It, so, like, it's going to be even more polished than what they showed us so far. So I'm excited. Anyways, go ahead. What do you, what do you think about this game? Are you stoked? Yeah, dude, obviously I'm so, I mean, it's, this game is like a, is like a, a <laughs> footnote in podcast lore with the, <laughs> with our podcast. PlayStation. Yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> but, uh, I, I just do. There's something so cool about just space Marines in general. Yeah. Like they're, they're just these, like you said, they're these guys that are just fucking locked into these battle suits that have that are just ultra powerful, but they're also like these religious zealots. So they're just like screaming all these Latin phrases and just smiting <laughs> the shit out of enemies. Like it is it is just some of the coolest imagery on top of the fact that they, they somehow in the first game were able to capture that feeling when you're playing the game. Where just like you as one dude will just wade into like a fucking pool of enemies and just destroy them, Dude. and it's such a cool idea. Um, and I, I'm I'm really excited to see what a 2024 take on that is. I mean, they they pushed it out a year to give themselves extra time, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that has any had anything to do with just everything else that was releasing or if it was more to do with polish. I'm not really sure, but I, they can delay it as long as they want to make it fucking good. And as long as it's not, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be fun to play and not broken. I'm, I'll be really bummed if this game comes out and it's a total turd, mm. but it, what we've seen looks good. But, you know, nowadays it's sort of shocking how many games look good pre-release and then they come out and they're total duds. So I'm just really – I'm really hoping that doesn't happen with this. 
but everything we've seen so far leads me to believe that it's probably going to be a fun experience. Yeah. So, They're technically, yeah. So like the, the yeah, dude, a hundred percent. I love what you're saying. And like, I went on the, the, the wiki site for space Marines just cause like even dude, the lo- there's so much fucking lore written about space Marines and in the world they exist in. It's just so awesome. Um, they're essentially defenders of humanity, right? So, like, it, it, they're just there to maintain, um, essentially, the lives of humans. And uh, they they apparently are not able to be touched by plague or natural diseases. Um, you know, they can be wounded to a point that would kill other people and still just survive and be able to continue to fight. There's this thing, so the emperor... There's this little quote here, and I'll just read this real quick. And if this doesn't make you be like, man, these guys are fucking rad because they wear these power armor suits. It just says, they shall be my finest warriors, these men who give of themselves to me. Like clay, I shall mold them, and in the furnace of war, I shall forge them. They shall be of iron will and steely sinew. In great armor, I shall clad them, and with the mightiest weapons shall they be armed. They will be untouched by plague or disease. No sickness shall blight them. They shall have such tactics, strategies, and machines that no foe will best them in battle. They are my bulwark against the terror. They are the defenders of humanity. They are my space marines, and they shall know no fear. (laughs) And it's just like, fuck, I want to play a game where I'm those guys, and I just fucking trounce the enemies and have a blast. So good. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> I just hope they get it right, like you said. I can't yeah, imagine yeah. <laughs> they, they got the first one right. So I mean if they've done it once, it's probably a completely different team. But Jesus, please let it be awesome. Jake, what's sure. your second game? So my second game is Banisher's Ghosts of New Eden. Ooh, yes. So this is a like a third person. I don't know if you want to call it an action light RPG. Probably, it pro- my guess based on what I've seen, the, the the RPG elements give me some kind of like Horizon vibes. Mm. Maybe it's a little bit more complicated than Horizon, but this game, dude, I, I didn't really look at it a lot. Uh, after it was announced, but I looked into it a little bit more and was watching some gameplay of it, mm-hmm. and it looks fucking cool. It does look cool. Like, it takes place in, like, uh, you know, like, frontier kind of era, the United States, and you're basically this thing called a banisher which is you have the ability – like your whole job is to like banish spirits back to whence they came, I guess. Yeah. You want to call it that. But uh, the the whole plot line, which is really interesting, is that it's like you – there's two there's two of these people and they're, they're lovers and one of them gets killed. And so you play as the other character – and but you have the ability because you're one of these banishers you have the ability to interact with your dead lover mm. and there's this like conflict going on about whether you should banish her or try to keep her around and so 
there's this whole gameplay mechanic where you can use both of these characters and they both have like you can use the the spirit of your dead lover and you can use like obviously yourself with your own sort of more uh standard affair abilities like you know i think they have a he has like a right like a flintlock rifle and then like a you know a sword and some you know these like banisher abilities where he can cast fire and stuff yeah um but i guess that there's there's mm. gonna be a lot of sort of choice that you can make in the game about whether or not like there there are there are i don't know if you want to call them like targets in the game and you can decide whether or not you want to like harvest their souls or like whether you want to banish them to hell or you want to release them into heaven like there's like all this weird it it gives me what i was watching gives me like bioshock vibes where you could choose whether to harvest or save the little sisters yeah and um and, and there's like a like a element of that to the the ghosts that you encounter you can either banish them to hell or 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 i don't know release them to hell. i don't know what the fuck it really is sure. but like and i'm assuming that there there are different there are different consequences and and reactions to the what you get and like how you proceed based on the way that you interact with these characters and I guess there's going to be like some kind of a, I don't want to say a major, but it seems like there's a big choice and consequence thing too, where you also have the ability to rip the life out of living people. So not just, not just dealing with spirits, but I guess what they're explaining in the one, and this is an official trailer, so I, I wouldn't, I guess, consider it a spoiler, but your dead lover in order to keep her around, you have to harvest the life force from living people. Wow. So there's like this moral kind of thing. Like the responsibility of a vampire. Like you have to stay alive somehow. Yeah. So like I'm really curious about how the how that's all gonna play out. And the game just looks great. Mm-hmm. So uh I don't know if you've looked into this game at all, but we haven't really heard a lot about it since it was announced. Right. Um and I know other than like when it was delayed to early this year, uh, 2024, but um, I think it looks great. And I think it looks like something that I would be pretty, uh, pretty excited to play. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. I uh, don't nod as a studio developer behind it. And uh, it is scheduled to release pretty soon. So February 13th is the release date. So yeah, that's coming out soon. That's something that maybe we can sink our teeth into. Earlier in 2024, um, I hope it right. does well because it, it does seem like a little more – it seems like a, s- a, slight, a slight pivot for the studio, just maybe ever so slightly. If there's any kind of action in the game, I, I just don't understand like what, what we're going to see as far as that goes. Like what is the gameplay? I, they, they're very – don't nod is, is – um, very well known for, you know, choice-based games that like affect outcomes and stuff. So they've got that part figured out. Um, so choosing how to deal with these people and stuff gives a player some agency over maybe the outcome of, of the game. But I, I am curious because the, their games aren't usually very, uh, you know, if anything, I'd say like, 
the the what the hell were they called the what what was their game that was like uh strange life is strange yeah life is strange games a lot of it was like quick time shit so i'm curious to see how they handle action if there like is an action third person action game yeah i mean it definitely is like there's legitimate just like third person action combat in it but they also before they did life is strange they did that game remember me which was like a, I think oh. it was like a third person shooter yep so um you know they they do have some history there yeah but i uh, i don't know we'll have to see but all i can say is that it like it's it interesting looks great. yeah I hope it's cool. So it's a, and it's a cool concept for sure. Yeah, dude, I I love these fresh takes and fresh ideas in video games. Well, Jake, my uh, one that I have on the list is also I took the easy ones. Uh, obviously, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is coming out now. This game is going to suck up a ton of our time. This is also coming out around the same time that Banishers Goes to New Eden is coming out, which I hope it doesn't affect that game much. But how can it not? Because uh, everybody's going to be playing this fucking game. Um, this is coming out on February 29th, 2024. So uh, I was a late adapter to the Final Fantasy VII Remake game. And uh, I did do the Intergrade. And I enjoyed it a lot. And I think where some people were upset that like it wasn't as open-worldy feeling... I, I thought it played to the strengths of the Final Fantasy game because it, it's people don't play Final Fantasy VII and go, "Oh fuck, man, those game mechanics were so fun. That world was so huge and cool." To like, I love the fact that I could just ride a chocobo all over the place. Like mm-hmm. people are just like that fucking story is bar none one of the best stories ever in video games. So like. It's like it doesn't need to be this huge open world thing. And so Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is the first version, first part of this, uh, I didn't get right away because I I knew it was going to be long. And, you know, I I think I was probably playing something else at the time, to be honest. Eventually I played it. And I'm happy that I played it later on because now, uh, not too long after I've just completed Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, I'm going to have access to rebirth here in a month month or two so i'm excited about this and i probably will play this when it comes out and i'm excited for it um i'm getting a lot of final fantasy in right now because i'm playing 13 or whatever the fucking 16 whatever one it is um but uh man i i just am now a little apprehensive though because i'm not super apprehensive about it it seems like they got world travel down pretty well in 16 um you just have a map and you click on the thing and then they give you a cutscene of you showing up at the place. And I'm good with that. I don't, I don't need to ride a chocobo around and get randomly attacked by shit. You know what I mean? Like just, mm. I don't know. We'll see how they do, how they do, how they, how they figure this out, how, how square figures this out. Um, all of the different locations. Cause like in the original game, you had a lot of free reign of traveling wherever you wanted at any point. Um, I believe in, I can't remember, but I think that that was a big part of it. It's like you knew where you needed to go to to propel the story, but at any point you could pretty much go anywhere and do side mm-hmm. quests and interact and stuff. So I don't know how they're going to do this. How are they going to roll out this game this way? And And they are kind of changing up the story a little bit here and there 
And uh, I like what they've done with it. So, dude, I'm so excited about this game. And I don't know if you have any opinions on the world travel or if you like it or don't like it or if you like how they dealt with it in 7. But I like how they did it in 7. And uh, you didn't really travel anywhere in 7, though. Like, you were just kind of in the city. So it all took place essentially in, like, the same area. So I, I'm curious to see if they just adapt to what they've done in 16 for traveling across the map or what they do, because I have seen some screen screenshots and gameplay of them riding chocobos around, but that could just very well be like just an open, like a sandbox area. My guess is that there will be open world. I don't know this for a fact, but the part of the game that we're venturing into is the open world portion Mm -hmm. of final fantasy seven. So I am where you get the whole world map and everything. So my guess is that, there's probably going to be large open world areas, but I don't know if it's going to be like one huge map. Right. You know what I mean? Like it might be like, you know, you have an open world area here that contains maybe this town and then you can go to like some sort of travel map and then you'll go to this open world area here that has maybe this town or this cave or, or this thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, but I don't know. I mean, maybe it'll be just this giant fucking open world and you'll run around and and do what you got to do. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm super excited for it regardless, to be completely honest with you. Uh, you know, the, the two the first two games that I brought up, which were uh, Persona and Banishers, both come out right before this game. So, because this, I believe this comes out on Leap Day, February 29th, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, uh, chances are I might actually just hold off on playing either of those games until after I play this one. Because this is like the one game that I that I kind of definitely want to play when it comes out. Yeah, you want to get ahead of all the conversations. And I know that, I know that it's going to take probably... 40 hours to beat the story so i want to make sure that i get on it and kind of get through it and and whatever so but yeah i'm super excited i love the 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 integrate the yuffie dlc i love the the combat changes mm-hmm. that they made not not changes so much but like the added features like the the um they had that system that they added where you could like you could like work with your partner or whatever yeah. you could like combine your partner's yeah, attacks with yours it, or yeah, whatever I know what you mean. um but yeah i so and they're gonna red 13 will be playable which is really cool and i'm also very interested in how they're gonna handle the story because there's some pretty crazy shit that happens in the second act of this game yeah. so i'm really interested as to how they're gonna change the story to kind of fit this new mold and uh how they're going to handle a particular sequence. Um, we'll but, see. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. Very good. Very good. What about you, Jake? Give me, give me another game that you're excited for in 2024. So the next game that I'm going to mention is – let's see here. I've got like a – I've got like a list of them here. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to bring up – Stellar Blade. Mm. So this is like a, a very Japanese action game. It looks like a sort of a play on the Bayonetta franchise, if anybody's ever played that for the Nintendo platforms. Uh, 
this, you know, let's just say uh, nicely uh, (laughs) – a a very uh, nicely figured female protagonist that has, you know, a a lot of sort of martial arts abilities with like a sword and all this stuff. But it's like in this very – it looks like in this very cyberpunk kind of world and the like there's these crazy monsters and weird shit going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it just it looks very fun to play and the graphics look great and I'm always down to I'm always down for some you know Japanese flavor in a game. And and I don't play games like this very often, so I'm pretty excited to see what this ends up being because they announced this game a long time ago and we, cause it was called project something before, uh, before they announced that it was called stellar blade, but that was like, I don't know, early PS five. So maybe even at the PS five launch event, uh, uh, the launch, uh, what do you want to call it? The, whatever the, uh, showcase that they did. Mm. So I, uh, I think that it looks really, really cool, and I'm excited to kind of get around to playing it. So I don't, I don't know if you have any opinions on this, but I think that it is a it's a very interesting looking game, and I think that it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun to play. Yeah, it's not really on my list uh, anywhere. It hasn't been on my thing. That we don't have an actual release date yet. I don't think we just have a, a right. release window of 2024. So. They've not confirmed the actual release date yet for Stellar Blade, but um, I mean, it doesn't look bad at all. And, uh, you know, it, is it a game that I would normally go pick up and buy? Probably not. But, I mean, if it came to me free, I would definitely play it. But that doesn't mean. I, I just think about I just think about games like this yeah. that I really enjoyed. Like, if you think about something like Nier Automata mm-hmm. or something like that. Now, this right. is obviously seems like it's way more action focused and way more stylized mm-hmm. than Nier Automata, but. Well, not that Nier Automata was really stylized, but this seems way more ridiculous, I guess I should say. And uh, uh. I don't know. It just – it to me, there's something about it that just looks so interesting from a, from like just a presentation perspective that I, I'm really – I'm really hoping that it does. It was called Project Eve, by the way. Yeah, that's what uh, it was. Yep. That's it. Um, yeah, so I'm hoping it does come out this year because it would be a game that I would be interested in checking out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, this next one is a twofer, and I'm going to cheat a little bit by doing this. Um, but you'll understand why in a second, why I'm saying this. Um, Jake, you know, my recent experience with Resident Evil 4 in VR has gotten me kind of like excited for VR games. And nothing is better than a flight sim in VR. Like, it's got to be the coolest thing ever. Like, I, I played the, uh, oh, God, what was the game? Well, the one that you, you picked up, but you can only play a flat screen. Uh, Battlefront Squadrons is really fucking fun. And then uh, the, jeez, uh, what's the action-y airplane game, uh, jet fighter game? Uh, oh, uh, um, Ace Combat? Yeah, Ace Combat had Ace VR Combat missions. Yeah, and I played all those. And what we're lacking right now, severely lacking in VR, is uh, airplane games, it's flying sims. I, and you mm-hmm. get a little bit of that in No Man's Sky, sure. 
Um, maybe some other space games, sure. But there are two titles set to release in 2024 in VR2 um, that I am stoked about, and that's Ultra Wings 2 and Aces of Thunder, which is a World War II flight sim combat battle shit thing. I think these games are going to be rad. Um, Ultra Wings 1, I never got to play on in VR, but you actually use like the le- the levers and stuff to control the plane, but yeah. but it's it's more uh, it's not it's not flight sim like crazy flight sim, but it is more cartoony, more cartoony. It's like flight sim light, um, yeah. in VR, and that's kind of what I want to try to do. And they and and I saw the trailer for Ultra Wings two, and um, they have these little mini games that you can like shoot like a little pistol out of like the canopy and they try to hit stuff as you're flying and like try to fly through the hoops. And then they're like, Oh, and you get to land in ultra wings too. So you get to fucking try to land your craft and stuff. Dude, it just looks like it could be a lot of fun. So ultra wings two is obviously on my list for 2024 for, as far as the VR two goes. And, uh, aces of thunder is going to be just awesome when this comes out. Um, I, I don't even know how it works, um, but if you go to Google and type Aces of Aces of Thunder, you can watch gameplay video. There's like an announcement trailer for this game. It looks so awesome. It looks like it could be absolutely nauseating. It's an it's a VR air combat simulator, but it's it's all based, I believe, in World War II. If you go to the PlayStation Store, it says. Uh, Experience through of aero combat like never before. The Ace of Thunder, the upcoming VR game, made specifically with the capabilities of PlayStation VR 2 in mind. Be focused exclusively on aero combat and distributed on a paid model, which is fine. Uh, with different competitive online game modes available, such as team versus team and single duels, you'll be able to test your skills against other virtual pilots. So it's going to be like you can actually dogfight people in real life in VR. Um, and the only thing similar to this... Um, that that I've even been able to experience was when the Wipeout Omega Collection had a VR PlayStation VR version, and you could race people in Wipeout in VR, and it was like Mario Kart VR, but it was just like those crazy, insane Wipeout tracks, and it was like probably one of the, some of the most fun I've ever had. Um, so I I think that like it's first of all that's a twofer. I I hope that. It's a shame that Wipeout is not available for VR2 because that was fucking premium, awesome game. But then it also makes me realize that, like, you know, these these online like VR games don't have to be just first-person shooters. Like, you can do, like, vehicle combat games, and that sounds like a lot more fun to me than just running around with a fucking gun in my hand. Like, like vehicle combat just seems way cooler to me. In VR. I don't know why. Or racing. Like, Grand Turismo shit. Like, racing. Like, that kind of shit sounds... Cockpit games... Multiplayer cockpit games sound awesome. So, uh, Aces of Thunder and VR 2. So, that's my two for... Those are my two... Uh, I do have one more, but Jake, you're up next, so go ahead. What's... uh, Well, do you have any opinion on these? I mean, these anything that you'd be interested in for VR 2? I mean, obviously, like, cockpit games are sort of... uh, Sort of like the slam dunk genre for vr but uh um i don't i mean i could see myself maybe having fun playing these games 
But uh, I'm not sure. I would be maybe more interested in like a game that offered more than just you know World War II combat. Sure. Something more along the lines of like an actual like a Microsoft flight sim, but maybe they have a combat mode in it or something like that, mm-hmm. where you can like fly a bunch of different stuff, or you know what I mean. Um, but that said, I do think that it's a really cool concept, and I am excited to see how it turns out for sure. Yeah, very good. Um, I think Ultra Wings Two is going to be the big win there between those two. Yeah, yeah, between those two games. Hmm. But they both look cool. awesome. Jake, what do you got next? So my second to last game that I'm going to bring up here is – I don't know if you remember. There is a game that they announced called The Plucky Squire. Oh, yeah. I do remember this. And it's the one where the trailer shows it like opening up a storybook and the game is played like in 2D in this storybook. And then you see the main character walk to the edge of the book and then jump out. And then now all of a sudden you're playing in 3D like on this tabletop that the book is sitting on. Yeah. And then there's like a sequence where like he jumps into a coffee mug and now you're like in 2D like on the coffee mug. Like it's – and it's like a it's like a, a Zelda – it seems like a Zelda style like action game. And uh, it looks super cute and it, it looks just – the way that the perspective is changing all the time, it looks really kind of impressive. So I'm excited. It was originally announced for 2023, but it never came out. I think it's supposed to come out this year. Mm. So I'm excited to see um, what becomes of this game because it it looks like, you know, every now and again, I love a, a palate cleanser for a cute little game like this. Right. And I think that this could be one of those games that I would really get a kick out of shine some light on your day, I guess. And, uh, yeah. So that's, uh, that's my choice. The plucky squire. It, it looks really cool. Yeah, dude, that's a good choice. I do remember this game and it, and it looked interesting. Um, so I hope that it's, uh, that it's awesome. You know, I always kind of root for these smaller indie games, you know, and it's nice when one can kind of stand out of the, out of the bunch. You know, that's not usually often that an indie game just pops out and you're like, oh, that you remember it. So that's saying something for sure about the game yeah. itself. And then also your excitement for it has kind of got me interested in it again. I forgot about that. You know, there's so many of them that we that come across us, but yeah, very good. Um, my last game is uh, another VR2 game because I wanted to include VR a bit because it's one of those things that we don't talk about enough on the show and uh, it doesn't usually get a lot of love, but there's a game that we saw called Behemoth mm-hmm. and this game looked awesome. Now, we don't know when the release date is on this game. We, we know they're shooting for 2024, so it, it could be coming out this, this year. It should be coming out this year. And uh, I don't have a whole lot more about it except for it's a melee kind of fighting game. Um, it looks like it's probably like a rogue roguelite game or something. Uh, let me look up something real quick just to talk about it. Skydance is making it. 
And uh, it says, I can't even find, it's not even on the PlayStation Store yet. Is it out? It's not out yet. No. I don't think we even got a, an actual gameplay trailer. Like, the trailer that we got looked fucking great, but there's no way that's what the game actually looks like. Because it's like, it's like too good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, a, like, it's I don't the know creators of the Saints and Sinners, which is the Walking Dead VR game. And their games have always been kind of cartoony looking, right? Mm-hmm. So um, they say that this is a, a new world of danger, survival, and uh, you take on the role of a diseased wanderer lost in the frigid, forsaken land. You overcome dangerous environments, deadly warriors, towering behemoths using immersive, weighty VR combat and lifelike physics. Travel through strange, otherworldly environments and overcome all, no matter how large that stands in your way. So it almost seems to me like a VR version of Shadow of the Colossus. And... Uh, if that's what it is, sign me the fuck up. Like, it could be really awesome. Just because scale, does, I mean, scale is so crazy in VR. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It does have that kind of mystique to it. But I, it, they're also in the trailer shows like more standard combat against people your size and stuff like that. So I don't know if that's part of it as well. I mean, that's the thing is that like, other than that initial trailer we got, we don't know anything about it, Yeah. but I agree with you that it is, it looks fucking awesome. Yeah. What we did see. It's, so I, I hope that it, it holds up to the hype. Mm-hmm. I just like, you probably do. There's probably like, you're on a mission. If you're plagued, you're probably trying to find a cure. Yeah. So you're probably trying to get to, some location and of course there's going to be resistance so there's probably like skeleton warriors and fucking shit coming after you and like eventually you'll get to like a boss my guess is and the boss is just going to be fucking epically large and crazy and be like a puzzle fight like you have to figure out how to like fight this thing and I think in VR there's something really appealing about defeating an enemy that's like literally like 50 times your size (laughs) <laughs> yeah if that happens yeah definitely so anyways jake what's your last game my last game is so i think i'm gonna go with this game ultros i don't know if you remember it it was a like a 2d metroidvania game but it had this really wild art style with all of these like fucking greens and like it was very like biological looking if that makes any sense like i know that's kind of like a weird statement but like everything is really it seems like it's like all the sound effects are really squishy and like uh it it just looks very unique i'm just my eye gets easily drawn to these games that have just unique art styles and uh and character design and everything, and even though it's it looks like a relatively standard kind of Metroidvania game, mm-hmm. I think that just the the aesthetic of it alone looks very attractive to me. So I'm interested to see how this game kind of shakes out. I don't think there's any like uh, concrete release date on this game either, but um, I think they showed it at the last PlayStation Showcase or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it looks it looks very cool to me. I mean, um, if you're into Metroidvania games, like the one game that I played that I talked about a while ago was that uh, 
oh that one that was like that has that really fucking long name it's like something with oh, an l yeah and lit and wonder labyrinth or whatever the fuck that game was yeah um oh record of lotus war deed lit and wonder labyrinth <laughs> yeah um yeah, so like yeah. I, i'm totally i'm totally into these types of games from time to time as long as they're as long as they're like a reasonable metroidvania and they're not like incredibly difficult to figure out because some of them the puzzles can be pretty wild but yeah uh, i don't know this game it looks great and i'm pretty attracted to what i'm seeing so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll just have to see if it comes out because i'm into it very good well uh we left a little bit of room but not a ton jake if there's any kind of shout outs to games that that are still coming out that maybe you're curious about but maybe didn't quite make the list um i'll name a couple real quick uh Mm -hmm. nothing that like you know we need to sit and talk about but we know we're gonna get that suicide squad kill the justice league by rocksteady on february 8th no clue if that's gonna be a fucking banger or not Uh, it's the wait and see kind of situation skull and bones been toted for a long time by ubisoft who knows what the fuck's gonna is that ubisoft or is that that's ubisoft yeah. Um, no clue what that game's going to be. It could be an ultimate shit show. It could be good. Two sixteen twenty four. Um, I know people are stoked for Dragon's Dogma two, and uh, the one there's two that like really th- two. I'll, I'll name two. Pacific Drive looks awesome. I don't know why this isn't a VR game though. Uh, so my mm-hmm. excitement for this game kind of went down a little bit when they haven't announced that this is going to come to VR. So I, well, maybe it's a wait and see. Um, that's coming out in February as well. And then the other one I wanted to bring up that, that I was, uh, that everyone's like really excited about is that Iodin Chron- Chronicles, um, by rabbit and bear studios that's coming out in April. And, uh, my brother is been nonstop talking about this game. So his excitement kind of has my excitement up whether I play it or not. I probably won't. It's probably like too in depth of an RPG for me, but, um, it looks really awesome. Uh, and that's the only ones I really felt like I needed to bring up. Uh, a game that we don't know if we're going to see in 2024 that you guys know me that I just absolutely have been dying to play is Darkest Dungeon 2, which is still in early access. Mm-hmm. But people have been playing the shit out of that game on Steam. And uh, the developers, I think, have said that they're not going to put it out on console until it's pretty much complete with all the add-ons and everything they've done to it. So yeah, we got a ways to wait for that. So. If it, I don't think we'll see it in 2024, unfortunately. But if we do, uh, it'll be a hallelujah moment for me. Jake, are there, is there anything that you kind of interested in that we didn't cover? Did you did you mention um, did you mention Rise of the Ronin? Nope. So Rise of the Ronin would be another one. That's a Team Ninja game. They did uh, they did um, oh, what the hell? Why I'm fucking blanking on it now. The the Samurai Souls like game. Uh, yeah, I know the one you're they, talking they about. Made two, they made two of them. Sekiro? No, Sekiro was... Sekiro. Uh, oh, what the fuck game is it? Team Ninja. This is going to bug the shit I know, it's on the tip of my tongue. I, to, uh, I know the one you're talking about. Look it up. Team Ninja... Neo. Neo. Yeah, the one they did Neo could, 1 I and 2. Couldn't beat the fucking first boss. Yeah. Like so, uh, but they're doing this. This uh, seems like more of a story focused kind of action RPG called Rise of the Ronin, which mm-hmm. seems like it's taking place in a more more of a. It's not. It's still the past, but 
more modern than what the other games were, where it looks like there's going to be guns and stuff involved too. And just the combat looks really cool in it. I don't know if it's a Souls-like game. I'm probably not going to play it just because I have no desire to play something like that. I just, the combat, the hard combat just doesn't do it for me. Right. But uh, if it's not and it's more story focused, then I could definitely see myself being interested in this game because it does look really cool. Um, And uh, the only other game that I wanted to point out, and I didn't even know about this game until I started looking into stuff for this list, was there's this VR game called Lo-Fi. Have you seen this? No. It's like a cyberpunk game. We are like a police officer in a cyberpunk city, and it's just and it's in VR. Like it, it looks fucking wild. I, I don't, I don't know if it's gonna be any good. There's no official release date on it yet, but yeah, there's talk that it's gonna come out this year. So, um, yeah, it looks like there's some sections where you're flying around like a flying cop car, and then there's some sections where you're like a first person shooting and shit. So like, I don't know. It looks neat, though. I mean, imagine being able to go around Cyberpunk 2077 in VR. Like, that would be dope as shit. It'd be ridiculous. So, It'd be trouble. It'd be bad. And I'm not saying that this game is going to be anywhere near that, but it looks really impressive for what I've seen. So, mm. um, granted, I've only ever seen, like, a couple little short trailers on it, but I just I thought I'd throw a, my own little VR nod out there just because I don't talk about it all that much. No, but, very um, good. That's man. all I got. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. Um, well, that, that wraps up the show. I, I hope everyone has a great 2024. Uh, we don't really have much else to talk about. This show was longer than I really wanted it to be, and I'm sorry for taking up all your time. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully you got something out of this conversation. Uh, these are the games that we're excited for in 2024. That doesn't mean that this is all-inclusive. These ones are sticking out. This doesn't mean that... Uh, there won't be announcements that come out this year that just blow our, blow our hair back. But I, I think that ultimately this is a nice list of games that we talked about Jake and sure. Yeah, man. Uh, 2024, like I said, I don't think it's going to be as strong as what we just went through, but it's, it's got some, it's got some bangers, man. It's got some good ones that are coming out soon. So, um, and a lot of these releases quite honestly are going to be within the first quarter of 2024. So what, quarters two three and four hold outside of space marines i i don't know you know what i mean there's not not a lot of these that we talked about are are later in the year games so um we'll see so i it could be pretty dull this year after the first quarter but we'll just see what happens but they they look good these games look good and it'll be more than enough to keep us busy and talk about i'm sure so do you have anything you'd like to say before we close out for the for the first episode of 2024 uh, the only I'll two quick points. Mm. One is that I was looking at my PSN profiles, and my the uh, Alan Wake Two Platinum was my thirtieth Platinum. So that's kind of cool. Congratulations! And then uh, the only other thing that I'll say is that the there's a lot of games on sale for the for the sale that we talked about obviously we mentioned the thumper upgrade is super cheap and and i i bought village for like 15 bucks and there's a bunch and you bought final fantasy 16 for real cheap yeah there's a bunch of other shit on there um it runs through the 17th so you got like another couple weeks on it but take advantage of it but the one thing that i will mention that is on sale right now that i think that everybody should give a try is 
I talked a while ago about the game Narita Boy, which is like a it's like a <laughs> like an action it. side scroller like Metroidvania style game. Yeah. And it's like super pixelated kind of graphics, but had really dope like animation and art style. Mm-hmm. Um, it's two dollars. Wow! Right now, and I think that like I even though I already beat that game. And I have, and I played it on Xbox with through Game Pass, so I didn't have to pay play for, or pay for it. Yeah. I I bought it on PlayStation. Good I was like, for, for two dollars, I was like, I'm gonna, you know, even if even if the developer only gets a dollar of that, like I want to make sure that I, I I thought this game was so cool, I want to support it, especially because it's only a couple bucks, and I might want to go back and play it again. But uh, yeah, that would be a you know obviously check out the sale but that would be one you know that's definitely two dollars not wasted yeah especially since you know on beat saber like one song for beat saber costs two dollars right but you could buy a whole game a whole great game in narita boy for two bucks so that's very good that's that would be the last comment that i have yeah um to pigtail on that uh what costs less than two dollars is to subscribe to our patreon for one dollar a month and uh show us that you love us no, nah, I'm just kidding, man. That seems needy. I'm just, I yeah. just thought it was funny. Um, but uh, yeah, dude, I don't know. We're super happy to have our listeners along with us in 2024. And I, like I said, I hope that you guys all had an awesome, awesome New Year celebration and everybody's been safe and uh, you've got big plans for 2024 like like we do as far as, you know, I want to get I want to get the flood back up and running again and uh, our band, Jake, and then. You know, we'll see. We'll see what else the rest of this this year holds for everybody. It's exciting. It's exciting times. Uh, it's weird to see the ball drop every time they pan around the crowd in Times Times Square. I think about how they always show like an old. They'll show like an old celebration from like the seventies or the eighties. One of these days, they're going to show a celebration that was in my timeline. Like we're gonna we're gonna be in like twenty thirty, twenty forty, and they're gonna be showing like nineteen ninety five and like what it looked like. And we're like, fuck man, I was I was alive then. And that now like time passes quick. So uh make sure you guys are getting all of the gaming in you can while you're still breathing. So um spend no time with family or anybody else, just game, do nothing else. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I'm just kidding, obviously. Nice. Yeah. Um, no, wait, dude, thank you guys for stay, sticking around with us. So let's close things off here. We'll be back next next week with episode 310. Like Red Dead Redemption 2, Resident Evil Village, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. P.S. Yeah. This, is, this awesome. is awesome.